Beyond the Headline with Aldrin Simpia on SAFM. Weekdays, 3 to 6 p.m. 17 minutes um, after 5 o'clock and our focus now is going to be on the new minimum wage that was announced by the Minister of Labour and Employment, Tula Singlesi, which has increased the national minimum wage from 25.42, from 25, so used to percentages, from 25 rand 42 cents to 27 rand 58 cents. This increase will take effect from the 1st of March 2024, includes farm workers as well as domestic workers to share their reflections. We are now joined by Trevor Shaku, who is the spokesperson for the South African Federation of Trade Unions. And a bit later on, we'll speak to Matthew Parks, uh, who is the national spokesperson um, for COSATU. Trevor, let's start off with you. Good evening. Thank you so much for making time for us. Good evening, Adrian, and thanks for having us. Yeah, um, so some people would say that an 8.5% increase, which is far ahead of the latest inflation data of 6.0% um, in 2023, is quite a huge rise. However, though, we also need to look at uh, the baseline that we're working with, here with. What's your take on the increase that has been announced? Look, we have critically welcomed it. We have critically welcomed it precisely because we think that the overwhelming majority of the workforce in the economy, 75% according to a Stellenbosch, a Stellenbosch Bureau of Economic Research, showing that 75% of them are earning less than 5,800. And most of that particular component that is earning below 5,800 is earning the minimum wage at 4,270 at this particular period. Of course, that will increase to 2758 cents as of March. However, we have got to also look at the fact that wages are actually introduced to ensure that the person who renders their labor power is able to buy the basic necessities that allows them to reproduce their labor and come back to us. And in, the, in accordance with, or rather according to the Peter Marisbeck Economic Justice Dignity Group, Economic Justice Dignity Group, we see in their household affordability index that a cost of an average household grocery cost more than 5300 And this, in our view, is high above the minimum wage. And given the high levels of unemployment in this country, it means, therefore, that most of the workers are looking after a family that constitutes or is considered by more than three or four members. And in that context, therefore, the average cost of the household food basket is actually applicable to many of these particular workers. So in that context, the amount that they are receiving is not enough. Therefore, we are critically welcoming, but also are calling for the increase of this minimum wage to a level or a standard which we can call the minimum living wage. And what would the living minimum wage be currently? So the, the, the calculation which we have in SAFTU is that we've got to look at the basic necessities that it takes to reproduce the worker. And that includes food baskets, it includes clothing, it includes electricity, municipal service refuse, water, and other uh, services from the municipality, transport of the worker to and from work, and of their children from and to school. And those, in our view, would constitute the basic minimum for this particular worker to be able to live. And the reason why we include their family members, such as children, is because the worker is not only a person who renders energy physically, but also has to render labor productively, mm. where this person is mentally 
and uh, uh, personally uh, well. And, and that is the reason why health and mental well-being becomes part, of course, of the uh, 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 things which we include in our negotiation for better conditions. So yeah. in that context, if we were to calculate all the basic necessities that have counted, we'll be able to arrive at the minimum wage, to, sorry, the minimum living wage. SAFTU has already uh, used the barometer which was used by the mine workers in Marigana in 2012 of 72 runs per hour, which would translate into a 12,000. Sure. Uh, 12,000 rand. Do you think that um, the economy would be able to sustain that? Look, uh, we think that there would be differentials among various business enterprises. Mm. But major businesses are recording profits and they continue to record not profits that are stagnant, but profits which are being maximized. Mm-hmm. And this, in our view, is a share of the surplus value that is produced by worker, and the worker has the right to lay claim on that particular surplus value. Yeah. Do, do you at all look at, um, like, let's say, for instance, domestic workers? Because some may argue that um, for them this is this is a, this is a major win, at least that there you have an increase that is above um, the is 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 above CPI. But but then thinking about a dead bastards, like for instance, the package that we played a bit earlier on said about 41% of um, people who are in debt are seeking counselling, meaning that households that actually employ domestic workers are also under pressure. So who represents the household in negotiations around the minimum wage? Who says that, but the household is currently under pressure? Um, maybe they cannot afford an extra 8% increase, as we've seen as well, that with certain companies, there haven't been increases because of the state of the economy. Sure. Obviously, they have no organization and no one represents them. They would, uh, but, but our argument here is that there is a solution to this problem. And the solution is not to come out of separating wages, but the solution must come out of lifting the burden created by the hikes in the interest rates, which has been hiked by the South African Reserve Bank following in its restrictive monetary policy. So we have been calling that the South African Reserve Bank must relieve the households so that they can also continue to create jobs through domestic work. And because most of them had laid their, their workers because they cannot afford them. And this is because of the increased costs that have been added onto their long list of costs by the South African Reserve Bank hiking interest rates, which have then uh, translated into high debt servicing costs for their houses, for their cars, and all of that. So we are calling for a solution, not on the separate, because what usually, not you, of course, Mm. but what usually liberal economists try to do is to play this too, by trying to say, we have to suppress the minimum wages in order to allow the households to hire domestic workers. But we are saying the solution should not come on the suppression of wages of workers, but must come on the monetary side. Okay, thank you so much for your time. Trevor Shaku is the spokesperson for SAFTU. Listening into the conversation is Matthew Parks, who's the spokesperson um, for COSATU. Matthew, good evening, and thank you so much for making time for us. Let's start off the conversation right there, and that is around the minimum wage for domestic workers. And there's data in the business tech that says that um, the number of domestic workers declined sharply during COVID-19, 
and um, the industry has struggled to go back to the pre-COVID-19 numbers. Uh, but here also now we see an increase for domestic workers, whereas on the other hand, we have the household currently being under pressure. And by speaking about the household, we also include the domestic worker because they also have their own homes. Um, but the person who employs the domestic worker as well would need to have an income to ensure that they're able to pay an additional 8%. Hi, good afternoon. Thanks, Alex. Look, I mean, a couple of things. One is that we welcome the minimum wage um, and welcome the increase, which is exactly what we had requested the minimum wage commission and the Minister of Employment and Labour to do, um, with a positive increase of inflation plus 3%. So that's 8.5%. It's important to bear in mind that there's 6 million workers who earn within the range of the minimum wage, which includes the 800,000 plus domestic workers, um, feel the pain of the cost of the increases much higher than everybody else. One, because they have less money. Two, that because the goods that low-income earners spend the money primarily on is food, is transport, is electricity. And those ha- often have inflation levels higher than the overall inflation level. But I think also pointing to your question, domestic workers, so when the minimum wage came into effect in 2019, farm workers were paid at 90% of the minimum wage, and domestic workers were paid at 75% of the minimum wage. And that's done precisely um, because of a desire to avoid retractions for those two quite vulnerable employment sectors. There was a phase-in approach over three years to allow the economy to get used to the minimum wage and to incrementally increase the farm and domestic workers to equalize with the minimum wage. So they've been equalized over the past uh, five years at the rate of the full minimum wage. The research has been shown by University of Cape Town that there's been no substantial job losses because of minimum wage. The job loss we've seen with the domestic workers is because the economy is locked down COVID-19 for that period of 2020 and partly 2021. Since that time, the research, the stats, the census report by the status A, has shown that we've recovered those job losses, including in the domestic sector. And that's why we've seen in the past year that unemployment has actually fallen by 5%. We've recovered those jobs and our actually employment in the last quarter now exceeded the employment levels we had actually before COVID-19. The challenge we've got around jobs, not because of minimum wage, it's because of electricity, it's because of transit, it's because of many other issues, um, collapsing municipalities and so forth. We need to, to ramp up investment in the mining industry. But the minimum wage is there make sure that there must be a level below which no one can, can pay it. Um, and common economic sense also says that if you want to grow your economy, then consumers must have enough money and salaries to buy the goods the economy produces. So paying people slave wage, peanuts, will not grow the economy. A minimum wage ensuring that people will not get paid below a certain level, that's the key to growing the economy. But it's also not the end of the journey, it's a step in the door, and it's a step mm. to help saying how to now improve upon it towards a living wage. Yeah, but but then for 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 the expanded public works sector, and we know that since the beginning of the negotiations around the minimum wage, since the adoption of the act as well, is that the expanded public works workers have always been paid below the um, agreed minimum wage, the broader agreed minimum wage, although they have their minimum wage as well, which is far below the uh, 27 rand 58 cents that we speak about today. And these are people that are essentially employed by the state. So the state gets to say that we will want to pay the expanded public works employees uh, 15 rand 16 cents an hour, um, but then the state expects on the household that is actually struggling currently to pay an additional um, an additional eight percent, eight point five percent. How do we balance the two? Yeah, so I mean, for us, it's, it's been a major source of contestation. The point of this. 
sorry, Matthew, we, we lost you there for a second. You said the major contestation is? Yeah, so for us, it's been a major point of disagreement between Labour and government. We have felt that the minimum wage must apply in both the public and the private sectors. It can't be justified that we say it must apply to the private sector, but then the state wants to exempt itself from it. Um, so we have been engaging with government on a roadmap to say, look, it's time that the EPWP, or the external public works and the community works programs need to equalize the minimum wage. These workers face the same pain that the rest of society faces in terms of affording to buy food for themselves and their family, affording to be able to pay for transport and so forth. And it's a large sector, it's about you know, a million plus in these public works programs. Some of the sectors within the EPWP and CWP have now equalized with the minimum wage, not all though. And I think we're now engaging with government to say, look, can we have a fair, reasonable roadmap over the next two years upon which these public works programs uh, employees must now equalize minimum wage? It can't be morally justifiable that we can continue to exclude them, yet we expect other parts of society who are also struggling with financial constraints to also abide by it. So for us, it has to be done. We've given space to government for long enough, and now we must actually end this exemption. Thank you so much for your time. Matthew Parks is the spokesperson for Kosai.